Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to remind you that my short story is available for free at johntilton.com. If you sign up for my newsletter, I'll send you both the ebook and audiobook of Doomed Dune. In this middle grade adventure, a girl named Melina travels to a forbidden landmark guarded by tyrannical robots, but her life turns upside down when she discovers the true reason it's off limits. Discover Doom Doom Secret by heading over to johntilton.com. That's J-O-N-T-I-L-T-O-N.com. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to Cause of Craft. I'm your host, John Tilton. Why do we create? Where do our ideas come from? What does our craft say about us? These are the ideas we explore here on the show. Each episode, I interview a different guest, from writers and painters to musicians and filmmakers. Together, we investigate the creative process and the reasons behind why we create. My guest this week is Amy McHale. Over the years, she's been involved with a variety of artistic endeavors, from graphic design to even creating a dress out of paper. But recently, her focus has been in painting, both with oil and alcohol ink. She shares her unique process of creating art with moonshine, the joys of painting with other people, and how she raises awareness about epilepsy through her art. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Amy. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, John. I appreciate it. Now, for everyone who guests that does some sort of visual art, I like to first direct the audience to where we can see your art. So is there a website or Instagram you'd like to share right at the beginning here so people can see your beautiful work? Sure. Thank you so much. Uh, my Instagram is at Paige and Mason, and I have an online portfolio, Amy McHale Art at myportfolio.com. You have a variety of styles. Is there a particular one that you want to start with here? I know that you have this alcohol ink painting, which I had never heard of before until stumbling on your website. But I'm just curious about this technique and how you discovered it. So alcohol inks are inks that are basically activated by alcohol. Typically, it's isopropyl alcohol that has to be over 91 proof uh, or 91%. um, So work with 91, 99%. And that in turn makes it a very fluid artwork. And it has to be synthetic paper, anything that's non-porous for the inks to move on the paper. It's kind of a newer art form, if you will, but something I discovered actually in 2020, my sister-in-law, who's an artist as well, had kind of picked it up and had showed me in her studio in North Carolina when I was there. And I kind of fell in love, came back to Phoenix, where I live currently, and you couldn't find it because the isopropyl alcohol in 2020 was being used for hand sanitizer. So at that point, I just kind of dug deep into YouTube and Instagram and kind of learned everything I could about it because it was so therapeutic for me and just such a beautiful art form that I love to create with. So it took me until September to actually find isopropyl alcohol in my area to even begin painting. And you also do oil painting and you talk about how this alcohol ink painting is therapeutic, right? So what is it about the process that is so different from what you were doing before? Alcohol inks are very fluid, abstract. Um, They're just fun to create with. And I feel like everybody can kind of create with them because they don't really require a ton of technical difficulty to start off just to make something fun. Um, Whereas oils, my mother-in-law is actually a professional oil artist. and I tease her that I'm getting my master's in oils because I feel like it's going to take me years to learn what she has learned over the years. Um, But it's much more technical. So I guess that's what I would say about those. How much control do you have with that alcohol ink? Do you start with like the different colors and you're pouring something into it? Or is the color mixed with the solution already? 
I'm just trying to picture how it is that you start with something and then kind of mold it in a direction. Right. So with alcohol inks, you can go wet to dry or dry to wet. Um, I prefer wet to dry, meaning I lay down the alcohol, uh, whether it be isopropyl alcohol or more recently, my family has moonshine business. So I now exclusively paint with the moonshine, which comes off as 95%. And you lay that down first, kind of put the inks in it. The inks kind of meld together. And then you, the way that I like to do is move it around with like a photography blower uh, to kind of create design and structure and your style from there. So I feel like over the past couple of years, my style's uh, really developed, but I've experimented with so much and um, it's just been a really fun process. So it really sounds like there's kind of this breadth of, like you said earlier, just start with it and make something that looks really cool. But then you're talking about these techniques of like blowing it in certain directions and getting it to have a particular look. Now, does everyone have a different approach to that? Or is like, is this photography blower something that you learned from someone else? Or that's kind of what you've been experimenting with? Yeah, so actually on Instagram, there's a really cool alcohol ink artist community where we all kind of support each other and, and what we're doing and um, new techniques and stuff. Some people use hair dryers, some people use air blower, like uh, airbrush. I prefer the photography ball just because it gives me more control over what I'm creating. Um, and that in turn has led me into a couple of different styles that seem to be most popular with my clients. I'm sorry, did you say photography bulb or blower was bulb blower, yeah. Like the bulb like the bulb that you would clean out your your camera with. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. I'm picturing yeah. it better now. Okay. I, yeah. I was confused. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. It's just like a little hand blower will kind of move the inks around the paper. And for me, it gives me more control than using like a full force hair dryer. But you get different results for different methods. And so the alcohol ink painting, that's newer for you. You talked about learning about it in 2020. And then when did materials start becoming a little bit easier to come by for that? Yeah, so it was probably about September, October of 2020. Like I said, where I just kind of dove deep and just really had fun with it. It was just something different and unique. Um, and honestly, arch cheaper than therapy. So that was kind of my 2020. <laughs> Lock myself in my studio and just be happy. Um, essentially. So I think over time, my work started to go in some directions that are kind of more now my look and feel, if you will. And then, like I said before, um, the isopropyl alcohol is great. Um, however, it can be toxic and fumes. So you need to wear a mask and, and protect yourself and all the things. And then when I started realizing we could start painting with the, with my family's moonshine, um, it's less toxic and it actually creates some really unique ghosting vibes on the paper uh, that I love. And so I've been exclusively painting with that for at least a year. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm looking at on your website now and we'll have links in the show notes and, and it just really does look so cool. So your family has this distillery. Uh, how long has that been in play and, and what made you put the connection together of like, Oh, wait a second. I don't have to use this. I can, I can use what we've got over here. Yeah. So it's funny. Uh, I think, I guess we're kind of a, family of serial entrepreneurs, if you will. My dad semi-retired and um, my sister-in-law and my brother and uh, my sister-in-law has an art studio in North Carolina and my parents went out there half the year. So just jokingly, my uncle was like, you should start a moonshine business. So from there, uh, to make a long story quick, he kind of did all the research and figured out all the technical stuff behind it. Um, my brother has a culinary degree, so he does all of our flavoring. Um, I do all the labeling and design work for our moonshine business. Um, and then my sister-in-law does all the marketing. And we just started creating um, 
and then we just started my sister-in-law and I kind of figured it out together. She had kind of sent me a little test sheet where she was like, what do you think's what, you know, is it ice profile calls it moonshine? And I immediately said, if that middle one's moonshine, I'm a hundred percent in. And it was. And so at that point, um, I kind of came back to my studio in Phoenix. My parents live here half the year as well. And so they brought me this huge, you know, giant, uh, mason jar of moonshine. And I just started, uh, experimenting and painting with that. Um, and I loved the results and it's just something, so it's like, it's come full circle, you know, it's like <laughs> who else is painting with moonshine? And, and, um, now we had just redid the art studio to become the art studio distillery slash art gallery, uh, where now people can come in and we have a tasting room and my moonshine art hangs on the walls to be sold. And so it's just, it's just been a really fun process. And this oil painting, were you doing that before you started doing the alcohol ink or did you start exploring the oil painting after you started falling in love with the alcohol ink? You know, before, um, like I said, my mother-in-law is a professional oil artist and she's sold over 800 paintings in her lifetime. And so, um, she kind of just started showing me, we, we actually started, uh, teaching, uh, art masterpiece in my son's middle, uh, elementary school. And so we go in once a month and kind of do an art class and stuff like that. And that was really fun and fun for the kids. And so she just wanted to kind of show me her craft. And like I said, I mean, I have a, I have a degree in fine art, um, but it was more kind of photography based and graphic design based. And, you know, I'd done some painting, but I hadn't really dove deep into the oil painting until probably 2019. And this kind of is reminding me of a question I have down my list of questions here, because you also do, you host art classes and I'm assuming that's with the, the alcohol ink. Is that right? Correct. Yes. And then you're also learning and we'll talk about that in a second, but you're also learning from uh, your mother-in-law with the oil painting. Are you painting together at the same time or is that she's showing you something and you go and do it on your own what's that process like yeah so in the beginning to be honest I was very intimidated by the canvas because you feel like if you put something down um you can't change it you know so but what I've learned over time with the oils you can continue to keep adding because they don't dry as quick as like acrylics or whatever so um you can kind of always go back into it um she's really well known for this cloud series that she has done over the years so we kind of started there with something easier. I'm very inspired by travel, um, the ocean, all sorts of things. So in the beginning, it started out, we would kind of create together. I mean, almost like a ghost scenario where she's holding my hand behind, you know, like doing the painting, like they did the pottery in the movie Ghost or whatever. Um, and that's kind of how we started out. And the latest painting that I did with her, I finally went big scale and did like a 33 by 33 painting. And she painted one next to me smaller. She's been a great teacher in just how to build my confidence up in oils and start to make them my own style, which is a bit different than her style. So that's kind of cool too. And so these art classes that you have where a group of people are all creating together and you have this relationship with your mother-in-law where you're both creating things together. Do you feel that that atmosphere is a lot different than let's say if you're working on a project and you're, you know, alone in a studio or wherever you might paint with a canvas and how is that different? And do you prefer one way over the other? I like them both, to be honest. I mean, it, when her and I are painting, we're just kind of in the zone and it, it takes a long time. I mean, the last painting we did was probably four different sessions of three hour, two to three hour painting time. Uh, whereas the painting parties that I've started with the alcohol, I call them mobile painting parties now, now that we can kind of all 
get out and meet and greet again, um, is where I'll either host at my house or I'll bring it to a venue or to someone's house. And I do a demo for, you know, six to 10 people. Um, and then they'll practice on like a tile just to kind of get a feel for the, the inks because they're a bit different. And a lot of people, like you said, have not seen alcohol inks before. Um, and then after that, I'll move them to paper and they just have fun with it. They just, you know, it's like just let loose and whatever comes out is beautiful, you know? So even the people who think they can't paint with alcohol inks actually can because it is fluid and abstract. Yeah. And do you think that group atmosphere contributes to that feeling of like, le- like you said, letting loose a little bit? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like sometimes as a writer, I, I'm, you know, alone in my office typing stuff up and like sometimes it is it's like getting in the zone is almost like pulling teeth whereas if you're with a bunch of people doing something it's like well this is what we're here to do we're just gonna do it and have fun yeah totally i mean and that's that's the way that the parties have gone um is just it's just fun and fluid and and people really like it you know i mean i know there's like a lot of those paint and sips out there where you kind of have to make it more technical where with the alcohol inks it's so abstract And, and, and everybody creates something different which is super cool you know, you get a group of six women together and the colors are different and the, the styles are different. And it's a neat process to watch. And what drew you to sort of art in general? Um, had, did you always have a creative side to you or did something draw you into doing these things? So I've always been creative, always been into art. Uh, my grandfather was a photographer back in the day where he actually developed um, all of the town's photographs, if you will. Um, and he, I was gifted a couple of his cameras in high school and, you know, was doing like high school yearbook stuff with photography. And at that point really decided that I, I want to pursue art. So, um, I went to college, uh, with the intention of getting a fine art degree and did. And, and at that period, it was kind of the time when computers, you know, were Photoshop and illustrator and all the things were coming out. And so, um, I got my degree in visual communications, which was uh, uh, photography and graphic design. So I've always kind of been in it in certain ways. And in fact, in um, college at my college uh, art show, I was painting with coffee at the time. <laughs> so it's just kind of always been there. Uh, I kind of went the graphic design route for quite some time. I had an invitation design company for years that we actually created the first wooden invitation in Arizona and just did really custom fun stuff. So I ran that for years. and then. Um, Actually, my son got sick. He has epilepsy. And uh, at that point, I kind of just had to take a step back to become his advocate. So it was a tough thing to go through, but it led me to this new creative outlet, which, you know, I'm thankful for. So it's just kind of been fluid. And I think after, you know, I ended my design, uh, invitation design company, I was kind of like, oh, a little bit creatively depressed. Like, what am I going to do next? And so when I found Alcohol Inks and started working with oils, it just clicked for me. And so a lot of your art you've dedicated to epilepsy awareness. What goes into creating something that reflects those struggles that you and your son have gone through? So purple is a color for epilepsy awareness. So you'll see a lot of my work is done in purples and golds and stuff like that. And really it's just it's just something that I like to, you know, donate back to because we've gone through a lot. He's he will be uh, three years seizure free in July, which we are so grateful for and thankful for. Um, but it's just kind of one of those unknown things. Like actually, one in twenty six people will develop epilepsy in their t- in their lifetime, and whether that is long term or they grow out of it or whatever, it, it's it's a higher number than people think. So I just feel like with everything we went through, 
if I can raise awareness and give back at all, that's, that's just what I want to do to help the community. And yeah, that one in 26 number, I, I didn't realize how common it can be for someone to experience something like that. What other things have you found that, that are important to make people aware of to either if that's something to be watching out for or how to care for someone they know that struggles with that? Yeah, you know, it, it, there's really nothing to watch out for. It, it, it came on all of a sudden for us. Um, he had had a couple of seizures and, and then in um, 2019, I had a grand mall, which is now called tonic clonic seizure um, at Phoenix Children's Hospital actually went into status where some kids don't even come out of status. So it was a very um, scary time. And we went through, I believe, almost five months of, of daily seizure activity. And so I just at that point was like, okay, I got to become his advocate and learn everything I can. And we are one of the fortunate families because he is now um, about ready to get his license in three weeks. And he is just got cleared to play football for his high school last year. Uh, last year. I was kind of dedicated himself to that. And, you know, he's still on medication, but um, we, we're very fortunate that he is in the place that he is. So I just want to help anybody else that's going through the struggle. If my story can help anybody else, that's kind of my, my purpose, you know? Yeah, it's so good to hear that things have been on a positive run. And obviously, we all hope that continues for you guys. And so going back to what you were saying before with the alcohol angst and that kind of being this therapeutic thing, was that also born out of this time Did those things kind of coincide? Because you mentioned you were, I guess, taking some time away from art to advocate for him. Was this your you're kind of gateway back into things. 100%. You also seem like someone who likes to explore new art forms. Just like you mentioning these wooden invitations, wedding invitations you did, which seem much different than the alcohol ink or the oil painting. And at some point, uh, I want to talk about this paper dress that you designed, which again, uh, <laughs> designing clothing, it seems like a completely different type of art than something on a canvas. Is that something that you enjoy too, finding new ways to express yourself in different times of your life? Yeah. I mean, I think it's all evolved over the years, you know, um, the, the paper dress actually came up, uh, when I was working in the wedding world and it was for an event and it was held at the Phoenix Art Museum. And a couple of us local paper designers in the Valley were asked to create dresses out of paper. So um, it was hours and hours of, of work, but uh, created a full floor length dress on a mannequin uh, made completely out of paper. My sister-in-law at the time worked with me and helped me through all that. And um, it was, it's one of my proudest creative moments just to like see something that you spend all this time in being displayed at an art museum. So yeah, that'll, that'll go down as one of my most favorite creates, if you will. Um, but yeah, I think it's always evolving. If you're creative, you can just kind of, you know, it's always changing, you know, because sometimes you'll get too stagnant in one thing and you need to kind of move on. Yeah, right. Because you don't like even if you're staying in the same art form or the same category of art, you get to a point where you're learning so much about a particular thing that you're like, OK, well, I'm kind of mastering this aspect of it. And how do I push myself either further in a different aspect or in some cases, you know, maybe it's time to make a switch and do something completely different. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I think when when my son got sick, it was kind of like, okay, what, you know, 
like I said, I, I, a little bit when after all that went through all that, I was kind of like, okay, now what am I going to do? And then this new art form presented itself, you know, and I fell in love with it. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I'm just happy to be creating where I'm at now and to be able to share that with people and raise awareness. And what do you think it is about being an artist or any type of creative that makes you want to keep getting better and and try new things out and kind of this adventurous spirit that I've found that is so present in different creatives? It just makes me happy. It's as simple as that. Just creating and being in my own space, able to create brings me so much joy. And, you know, I guess the old saying is, you know, you do what you love. You don't feel like you're really working, you know? So I'm just really enjoying the space where I am right now with the alcohol inks and, and continuing my growth development with oils, if you will. Uh, yeah. So I feel fortunate to be able to do what I love to do every day. Well, that's awesome. And can you remind everyone again, where they can see your artwork, both on Instagram and your website? Sure. So uh, my Instagram is at Paige and Mason and my portfolio is amymichaelart.myportfolio.com. My work can be seen in Cedar Mountain, North Carolina at the Studio 276 and also at the Tory Roof Gallery in California. I'm working to get something set up where I can actually, you know, people can come on and, and buy individual artwork. But if anybody's interested, they can just direct message me on Instagram or reach out on my portfolio. Thank you so much, Amy, for coming on the show and talking about your process. And again, I encourage everyone to look at your website and Instagram. It's just such beautiful work. I'm so glad you could um, come on the show and share with us today. Oh my gosh, I so appreciate that. I so thank you for reaching out. And this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause of Craft. You can find links to Amy's website and Instagram in the show notes. If you enjoyed this conversation, try episode 33 with artist Carly Van Eck. We discuss using art to process life and how creative work helps bring hope to the world. If you like this podcast, please consider sharing your favorite episodes with a friend. And if you have feedback, suggestions, or guest recommendations, send an email to john at causeofcraft.com. That's j-o-n at causeofcraft.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.